All right, my friend, welcome to the Above Board Podcast. It's good to be here. I'm so glad to have you as a guest. Today we're going to talk about getting attacked and mm. almost dying. Yeah, pretty exhausting times. I mean, exhausting to begin with, but it certainly became more fun once we'd actually become accustomed to this attack after a period of time. But yes, where would you like to start? We'll go straight into it, shall we? People have obviously, people, our customers know about this. So where should we start? Yeah, I mean, I guess... Uh, from a, uh, so uh, for for those people who don't know, maybe you're not a customer, you don't follow Jack or, or use Fathom on Twitter. Um, we had a layer seven DDoS attack or spam attack. Is that the same thing or no? They're different. The spam attacks can be done without it being a DDoS attack. The difference is that a DDoS attack, the intention is to actually deny service. A spam attack is typically done to advertise something or just cause inconvenience like i say ddos is used distributed denial of service their intention was to you know put us put us offline and it was kind of both yeah pretty pretty much (laughs) so at at the height of and this has been going on since i guess when did we figure i think it was the fifth the fifth although i do have memories of there being some spam on election day i'm sure the, the data doesn't support this and i have looked at the the metrics but I'm pretty sure that something was happening on election day. But maybe Perhaps. I've remembered that wrong. I mean, it was kind of election week because <laughs> it wasn't decided. Good but point. I digress. So basically, somebody decided to target our 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 big little company of Fathom. And they, they decided that they wanted to hurt us, basically. Like this was a targeted attack against us specifically, against Fathom Analytics specifically, against Jack and Paul's company specifically. We just, I just want to say as well, we've got to be careful how we talk around uh, the attacker here because publicly we're not allowed to say anything. So, yeah. and they could just... be listening. Hi, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. But so we were, and, and at the height of the, and I'll basically just treat this like an interview, I guess, because you're the, you're the technical person. And my, I guess my role when technical things go wrong is to just be there to, to chat through the problems. So at the height of the attack, how much traffic um, was hitting our servers? So we were getting, at the height of the attack, which was on the 15th, we, we received 540,000 concurrent requests. Now, just to put that into perspective, a concurrent request means that, it sounds like I'm, be, I'm talking down to people, I'm not trying to, but that a concurrent request is it's happening at the same time, right? As the word suggests. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, yeah, concurrent, we would have to take 540,000 requests at the same time which is just absolutely absurd. And, you know, I've run the numbers. We we have capacity to handle billions of requests a month. But guess what we don't really think about? We don't think about having 500 requests concurrently because guess what? That doesn't happen unless you're Google Analytics and, and whatever else. It's just not something that a small analytics company would be anywhere near close. To, even when the site goes viral, right? Imagine Kim Kardashian tweets it. 
you're not just going to get 500,000 concurrent requests. I mean, you you might for a brief period of... I mean, it is Kim Kardashian. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what would happen is people would see it on their Twitter feed at, at different times, right? Imagine she tweets something to millions of followers or Donald Trump or someone like that or everyone watching their Twitter account. Um, someone tweets it. They'll see it one second later, then two seconds later. People will click onto it at different rates. It won't suddenly just be... I mean, it might be, but it's unlikely 500,000 people clicking the link at the same time. And plus, Donald Trump and Kim Kardashian do not currently use Fathom Analytics, thank God. I'm sure we'd be subject to many attacks. (laughs) Oh my God, can you imagine? Yes, I know. I mean, a lot of people dislike Kim, so... Can we do an (laughs) anti-politician thing so no politicians can use Fathom? Because we would get caught in the middle, I'm sure. Anyway, I I digress. So... I guess, what? why do you think people, and this is just kind of spitballing here, why do you think the DDoS attacks are as popular as they are? Is it because it's hard to just hack somebody? Like, if somebody tried to hack us, it would be exceedingly difficult because we have so many security measures in place, right? So is the, is the point of a DDoS attack the fact that they don't need to breach anything on our end, but they can still cause us harm and damage? But I want to be careful what we talk about here. There is some kind of gain from doing so, and that gain can come from doing something negative to a small company like ours. And we, like, I really don't want to get into the motives behind this because it becomes a safe place. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a safe place. Uh, we're not allowed. To, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, people do denial of service attacks like this um, be, for many, many reasons. And it's usually because it's motivated. <laughs> In some way, I'm sorry, my friend. I have no way of talking around this. Well, just in general, not a, not in terms of a, a, the attack on us, but DDoS attacks in general. I guess. Yeah, I mean, to hurt the reputation of a company, um, to blackmail them. So a common thing is someone will DDoS a company, and then they'll contact them and say, "If you want this to stop, send me one trillion billion zillion dollars, and Bitcoins. it will stop." It always yeah, be bitcoins. It's very common, and I mean, I'm fresh off of a conversation this morning with a member of the AWS DDoS response team, which which was fantastic. So we we got access to an expert, and we got to talk about this, and he was telling me how people are doing this, and um, you know, getting the botnets and, and various other things, and that they do the attacks for so many different reasons. But do we know why they did it to Fathom? Yes, we do. It's obvious. Um, but why they do them in general? Yeah, multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. So then let's let's talk about not all of the things um, that we've done to prevent it, but just some of the things. And you mentioned, I'll take your lead, and you mentioned um, the AWS, uh, DDoS attack team. So one of the things we did, right, was put that into place on our servers. And so what did what does that look like and what does that mean? That is a good question. I don't feel like a politician anymore. <laughs> um, so we and I want to I want to walk into this talking about the fact that we use AWS because I actually started writing an article about the ethics of a company like ours with values like you know our personal values using a big company like Amazon and being subjected to this attack has made me so grateful for various big tech because a small company couldn't couldn't help us with this I mean Amazon has got the infrastructure that they can just, and I was talking to the guy this morning, they have the infrastructure on the edge that they can just absorb this. Not not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. And if you had a smaller hosting provider, they wouldn't have the resources, they wouldn't have the, the big team of um, a DDoS team that you can actually hire and various other things. So it definitely made me grateful for AWS and 
just talking to them and and you know when you speak to someone you get a good feel of the kind of I spoke to uh, I think three or four members from their team and I also spoke to, I've spoken to like the head of engineering of the their shield product I've spoken to a whole bunch of people following my Twitter thread and they're a good bunch of people they're really a good bunch of people and it, it felt good to work with them and to um, to use their service because as much as I like to moan about Amazon Again, they're a big company. They do things on the retail side that I despise and everything else. Like I say, we talked about this. When a, com- when a country's that big, it becomes almost like a country where you have sub-communities within it. So I may not like something someone's doing in a country in government, but I also acknowledge that there'll be local governments who are doing a fantastic job. So I just started to look at it a bit differently now yeah it was really good we spoke to them we got something in place uh, we we actually had to pay what did we spend we're now spending uh dollars a year for advanced ddos protection and that gets us um access 24 7 to this team when we get a ddos attack they can help us mitigate it which is which means okay try and stop it which is great and for anybody playing um fathom bingo at home bingo! <laughs> the, the next thing uh, that I want to bring up is is margins and us being able to, um, I guess, I guess, think about that service. And we did you and I did consider this for a little while before we pulled the trigger. But then we were actually able to pull the trigger and not um, and not be ruined <laughs> by, by doing mm-hmm. so. And it's not it's not a small cost either. But I think just in terms of what you've said, you've been the one who who's talked to these people and these people you're reaching top tier people to be able to help with the things that we need help with, which seems like it seems like it's, it's been a good investment so far. And I think it'll continue to be so. It was a good lesson for me because I was stuck because it was a lot of money. We're thinking about this, you know, that's nearly a salary, average salary in Canada. I mean, what 50, I don't know what the average salary is here. I haven't been here long enough and I'm ignorant. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, obviously, because it was such a huge amount of money and we had to really think about, was it worth it? And uh, yeah, that that was hard. You know, what what would make it worth it? But then I spoke to the people and I was I actually got into this position where I said, well, I don't know how we can stop it. How do you know? We you know, I can't see a way of stopping it. And it was this very arrogant. It wasn't intentionally arrogant, but I had fallen into this place of thinking, well, I can't think of a way that you could possibly match anything in this attack so why could you and then i read an article about how someone did ddos mitigation and i'd never thought of the idea and then i spoke to another person who started talking about how they do things and i just you know slapped myself around the face and said look jack be humble you don't know this stuff and i th- i'm not normally like that i am i go in with a beginner's mind but because i was so tied to the problem and i had it in my head and i thought i'd fully explored it i just had this defensiveness which is stupid, which is a very bad way to be. And uh, it's a good reminder that we seriously sometimes have to realize about all the stuff that we don't know that we don't know. Yeah, it's a separate skill set too. Like you you write um, software and this is related, but it is a very, like there's people who just, who probably know as much about software as you do, but they know it about DDoS attacks and, and attack mitigation. Yeah, and these are highly specialized individuals and it's weird talking to them. They're at a whole different level. So, no, once I'd actually grown up and realized that we need this help, um, yeah, 
no it was very good it was very good and that was a good moment of reflection for me yeah and i, I think some of the things that we we've been putting in place with them so far um have been good i will say yeah so the big challenge we actually had was regarding access logs and i'm going to talk about this you're more leading the, the conversation post. that was my next question dude <laughs> i'm sorry that's okay yeah. so well, access got, logs <laughs> yeah so with the access logs one of the challenges we had is that there's no way we're going to keep access logs mm-hmm. we can't do it and so what would happen is if you enabled access logs you'd have an ip address a user agent the website that they're visiting and like, all the data and it's just stored there and you just you can't do that so but we managed to find a cool compromise where we said look we can't st- we can't store what the ips are doing because then if if i knew that your ip address was this i could go into the logs and find it and i could find exactly what websites you visited and that goes completely against what we stand for so we're fortunate enough that we're actually able to redact the what's the word redact the sensitive information Mm -hmm. so we can keep an ip address and a user agent and there are various other things like the content that will be accepted but the things we don't keep are the website they visited and the um, the referrer, which is just too much information. So if you got hold of our logs, if I sent you our logs um, that we only keep for 24 hours, then you couldn't get anything useful. You could look at it and say, this IP address visited one of the thousands upon thousands of websites that use Fathom. That's all you could do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this isn't really, privacy law is not actually relevant. In this, I mean, it is relevant, but the actual challenge of this case was our personal ethics yeah we didn't feel good about it yeah but without without even talking about that the idea was just a non-starter and i will say i mean you know if you use aws or you wonder about what they're like the conversation i had was very interesting i expected them to try and push us to do that and i was i was ready to fight back yeah you expected them to want us to include in our access logs a page in their referral but yeah they said said to him we get, I said to him, we can't do that. It just go, we, we're not comfortable doing that. And he says, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. And he says, you know, uh, our, 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 what does he say? Our point zero or our number zero, th- I forget what he said. But our, our, basically our number one thing is security and privacy and we'd never force anyone to do anything that they're not comfortable doing. So I, know, I gained a bit of respect and, and uh, no, that was nice. So yeah, yes, we have less data. So the pattern matching and things like that is going to be, it's going to be harder. But we would rather have that, you know, tiny sacrifice. Cause, and like DuckDuckGo said on the podcast last week, it's trade-offs. If the trade-off is too significant, we're not going to do it. And AWS didn't seem fussed that we were fussed that we redacted that information either. So no, they didn't. I mean, he, he obviously he said it's going to be harder, yeah, yeah. but he didn't. He didn't. He said, "Look, if that's what you've got to do, I understand." So and so to, him. to to back up for a sec too, though. Um, Making the decision to have access logs in the first place uh, was, was difficult, but yeah. we there's no way around mitigating attacks on our servers and attacks on our company without having them. Like, well, yeah, we. I mean, we have to stop the. So here's the thing: if we stop, try to stop the attacks at application level. So I'm talking when you get to the PHP code, um, the yeah, the actual application. We, we haven't got the capacity to be able to absorb it all and our application would go offline every time we got attacked. Even if we were able to block it, um, we'd get taken offline and we wouldn't. the support team couldn't do anything to help us and that kind of stuff. There's no pattern matching because what happens in, in an attack is they'll look for patterns in the access 
and obviously with with various other companies they'll they've got more information but with us they haven't got as much so they'll use things like ips and user agents and if they suddenly see something happening perhaps from an area of the world or from you know it could be anything they'll find the pattern and they'll block it and they'll block it um they'll block it at the edge and it won't get through to our application so if we didn't keep access logs, then everything would have to come through to our application, mm-hmm. and we'd ha- we couldn't find those kind of patterns. You just and I and I've been reluctant. We the conversation. So if people are curious how the conversation went. It just it wasn't fun. It wasn't a fun conversation at all. No. But there's no other way of doing it. We basically had to choose between we keep minimal access logs that are automatically wiped every 24 hours, or we accept that Fathom keeps going offline, and it's a hard decision. Yeah, it's it, it was, and it, you and I talked about this for many late nights um, to to kind of come to the conclusion. And it it's hard when there is things like that. We have to really weigh what we feel comfortable with, and so it did take, um, yeah, it did take it did take a while to to kind of figure it out. So now, so obviously the the attack was bad, and it it wasn't good. We we made some changes, and I think <laughs> we're we're better for it. Um, and then we told all of our customers, we told every single customer we have about what happened and about what we did and about how and why we were implementing access logs. Yep. And they were all pretty, they were all, I guess, I don't know. It felt good. Like we said, when did we send the email? I guess as of recording this right now, we sent it this morning or we sent it yesterday. I can't remember. Yesterday, I think you're under underselling how amazing the customers. No, are that's what I was. Work. That's yeah. what I was going to get. I was kind of build. There was there's a build up, man. There was like <laughs> I was trying to build it up, and like there was like a little bit of a drum roll. Like all of our customers, like in looking at after we sent the email out, we were both like, okay, when should we send this out so we have time to answer people's questions if they have it, or to um, kind of put people at ease. And we didn't need to do that. Everybody was super cool everybody was pleased that we were totally transparent about having access logs and how we're doing it we were transparent about the attack that happened we were transparent about it um slowing us down and taking us offline briefly and everybody was cool everybody everybody empathized with us everybody said sorry you're going through this everybody was like i'm happy that i'm still a customer and all of that so it was It was, it's funny because like you worry about having to tell somebody some, not really bad news, but some not good news, right? (laughs) Points of you and bad and not good is what you're doing. (laughs) And then you do it and then nothing bad happened. Like it was just, everybody was okay with the fact they, they understood the logic. We explained it clearly and everybody was just like, I'm, I'm happy to be a customer of Fathom. It was awesome. Not a single, yeah, not a single angry person, and no, we just—I mean, we've got a lot of customers, and to have that many customers who are so fantastic was a very humbling moment. And it, for whatever reason, we we are attracting the best customers possible. We don't have any dicks. I mean, yeah. it, we really don't. And dealing with them, we deal with customers every single day on support, uh, and just the response was just constant love. It was wonderful. Yeah, so many heart emojis. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything? What else haven't? What else haven't I asked you about this? That's happened. I guess you haven't really asked us what asked me what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know so what I could. I didn't know what you were able to say. Yeah, I won't go too detailed. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. So, um, what we're doing to um, prevent and mitigate this in the future? Yeah. So, obviously, we have the AWS DDoS response team. They're going to be on call twenty four seven, helping us if we do get attacked. But we also have a responsibility to build some application level 
um, fullbacks. You know, we, some traffic will get through to us and we'll have to deal with it and we'll have to identify spam. So we're going to be um, building machine learning and uh, prob I think they call it prob 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 probabilistic um, evaluation. I don't know all these technical terms. So we're going to evaluate the traffic we get and work out if it's spam. Because if you look at traffic that's spam, you can tell that it's spam. So me and Paul can look at traffic and say that's As spam. As a human being. Spam. Yeah, as yeah. a human being, you can. So we have to find ways to automate it, and I'm currently working on that. Uh, it's not just seeing that it's spam traffic, because people can send you spam where they try to make it look real, where the motivation is to actually target our customers and just ruin their data. <laughs> so we're coming up with ways to defend against that too. And honestly, we're in war mode. We're not in, this is so bad that this is happening. We're in let's fight mode. So it comes down to the fact that this isn't going to go away. We have to find a way to live with this. This isn't just something we have to go, oh, this, you know, this sucks. We'll do what we can. We're going to fight against this very aggressively. And we're going to, we're going to innovate. And we're, we're just going to go crazy. And we already, we've already come up with these 20 point systems for uh, validating traffic and various other things. One of the challenges, I suppose, is that we have to keep it privacy focused. But at the same time, the, the source IP and things like that aren't actually that relevant. Mm. We're actually looking at the quality of, uh, and yeah, I'm not going to go into details, but we've got a 20 point system we've spec'd out and every single day new ideas are popping into our heads. So we're going to get very, very aggressive with the spam detection. So the more spam people are sending, the better we can learn from it and build a system. And that's what this attack did. This attack showed us that we need to now start looking at spam protection. I personally thought we were a little way off from needing that kind of protection. Same. But honestly, exhausting few weeks. So we're both bloody exhausted. We're building other stuff whilst dealing with all this stuff. And there's lots going on. But when you get into fight mode, you're in fight mode and you've got to deal with it. And exactly. that's where we are. And it's making our product better. Our, our product is going <laughs> to be better um, at the other end of this, which is great. Well, no one else in this space has this level of protection. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Because like, we've talked about this a lot. It's, it's not... Like writing so writing is making software is is hard I, I i can't diminish that but when you make software for a business it's not just the making the software part there's mm -hmm. all of the other parts that go into running a business that you have to consider like yeah. from insurance to bookkeeping to legal to well a lot of legal in our case <laughs> um yeah. for privacy law stuff to attacks and there's so many different things that you have to consider supporting new features there's so many different things you need to consider that goes into running a business it's not just oh i wrote this cone and it does this thing and people pay me for it it's like no there's like 150 other difficult things that go along with that one difficult thing and the yeah, expensive things when people ask yeah. us if we're going to have a free plan i just think if only they knew <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not just because i think a lot of developers they'll think about oh i could i could deploy a five dollar instance and host this and but there's so much more that goes into it and we've talked about this before but you know it's yeah you have to prepare for things like this and have margin in your pricing and everything else so build and when yeah we could say as a developer you could say as a developer building software is the easy part hmm. and as you say it's all the other stuff that people don't think about you know oh i can charge two dollars i swear to god this is the recurring joke do you remember that guy that said that he was going to charge one dollar one dollar a month for an analytic service like, people are crazy man yeah i i know i mean what what if attacky mcspamface hit that guy's company 
Yeah. In my mind, the, the, the person's name is Attacky McSpamface now. Let's stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good. Oh, man. So it, it's been a week or two, I guess. Um, but we're, we're uh, yeah, th- things are happening. Uh, we're making changes. Um, it's it's good to be honest with the people who are paying you money and to be transparent with the people who are paying you money because like we found out people when you treat them like people tend to be understanding and empathetic which is amazing and yeah i think what i've what's i guess i already knew this but it's reinforced um like you said our customers are all fucking awesome keep an eye on fathom over the next six months and watch what happens 